This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to another one of our financial specials here on the Blue Room. I'm joined by the senior correspondent from Off the Pitch, James Corbett, to talk all about 777, who look like they're going to be our new owners. First, we need to know what they're all about. We need to understand what they're going to bring to us. We need to understand what they have already in the financial football world, as well as other the other bits and pieces that they have as a company. So James, you're back to uh, to have a good chat about this once again. We've seen things of um, since we last spoke have changed quite a lot, and it looks like Everton are going to be owned by a different group. We spoke quite a lot about when we last had the chat um, here on the Blue Room seven seven seven. And if you recall when we did speak last time, it was between them and MSP, and we spoke about the concerns regarding both of them, the the positivity. Regarding both of them, which I recall was specifically with MSP, um, if they were coming in, that as in typical Everton style, um, been and gone, and they are not involved. Seven 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 have come to the fore. Who we we did speak quite a bit about, um, plain and simple, really, to to get the ball rolling. Um, what what are seven 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 like? Um, I know we mentioned it last time, but just to give everybody a sort of recap of what they are like as a company. What are they like as a company? I mean, that's, that's 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 quite a big question. So, <laughs> a generic question. So they have they have lots of business interests. I mean, they they pull in investment. Um, I mean, they're an investment fund for want of a better description. They pull in investment and they go and invest in businesses. Um, they have a sports division, which we'll which, which which we'll talk about. But they they also have other interests such as airlines, um, and they're very heavily involved in um, settlements for um, insurance claims in America. Um, so, for instance, if you're in a car crash and you're injured um, in the states, you might get for, you know, like a like a one million dollar settlement from the insurers that be payable over 20 years or 25 years or 30 years or whatever what a um what their business is called sudden park capital does is they will go to a person and say well you know we'll give you five hundred thousand dollars now and they will then take the 
the payments over that 25 or 30 year period on your behalf um it's it's quite controversial it's not something that's really done in europe where financial markets are more regular and there's been all sorts of accusations of abuses um involving in, involving one of their companies um they're also involved in airlines budget airlines they own one in australia they own one in canada um again there's been there's been controversies and court cases involving them um that they they had um four Boeing planes repossessed, which was um, quite unusual, apparently, for the airline business. And then they're involved in other areas. They're involved in media. Um, they have interest in some streaming companies. And they have a sports division, um, which um, has interests in basketball. So it has a private equity stake in British basketball and also uh, the London Lions, which is quite a prominent British basketball team. And then, of course, they have their network of football clubs, um, of which I think Everton will be the seventh. Um, so that's what they're about. Um, they're not. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Involved in mega money in the way that Clear Lake, who bought Chelsea, are. Clear Lake have, um, I think, 70 or $80 billion under, under management. 777 have um, reportedly $6 billion under management, which is still significant. Um, although the, this this hasn't been verified. They're not, they're not actually uh, obliged to disclose um, what they have under management. Um, they've been involved in buying football clubs since 2018. They bought a stake in Sevilla, a minority stake in 2018. And then in the last two years, they've been going on this spree, uh, starting with Genoa in Italy, Italy's oldest football club, which they bought in September 2021. Uh, they subsequently bought Standard Liège, uh, Paris FC, which is a third-tier club in France, um, Vasco da Gama in Brazil, Hertha Berlin, um, Melbourne Victory in Australia. And now they've agreed to buy... Fahad Mashiri's shares in Everton, subject to uh, a number of regulatory checks, including the Premier League's owners and directors um, test and uh, the Financial Conduct Authority. Premier League has recently um, updated its um, ownership criteria, did this in March this year, so they will have to show that they have the funds to buy Everton. They're not allowed to uh, a leverage buyout, which is which is effectively what happened at Man United, where the Glazer family um, borrowed the money to buy Man United and effectively used Man United's profits to pay off that mortgage. So that won't be allowed. They'll have to have the cash in the bank in order to do that. Um, so that's you know that's potentially a hurdle they've got to overcome. 
and the owners and directors test is another hurdle. Um, the company's principal, Joshua Wanda, has um, a conviction. Uh, it's an historic conviction um, for drug trafficking. He was caught with 31 grams of cocaine uh, in 2003 when he was a student. Um, and that may that may ultimately stand against him, as might some of the other lawsuits that are facing its businesses in the United States. I mean, fans instantly listening to that sort of a, a broader aspect of what they do and, and how that fits in um, as and when they they sign uh, the dotted line to become Everton's owners. The obvious concerns are, again, that word obvious from what you've said so far. How do Everton relate into what they do, i.e. on the football side of things, if they're going to be the seventh club here? Because the things that many people will have read um, and heard so far is that fans aren't happy with them uh, in, in several of these different clubs that, it, that they've been in charge of. Um, how much of a concern is that, in your opinion, when, when they take hold of, of Everton? I think what's happened on the pitch at the clubs they've taken over, I think you can overlook that to a certain extent because they've only, you know, they've only really been seriously involved for two years in mm. that. And their strategy is to buy distressed assets, which effectively is what Everton are. So clubs that have either just been relegated or are just about to be relegated. So I don't think I, I don't think you can judge um, judge them on say Genoa getting relegated or her for Berlin getting relegated last season. You, you, you know the problems were already there, and it may well be that Everton get relegated this season. I, I've personally got massive concerns about yeah, yeah. The, the strength of our squad at the moment um, after the summer. Um, so I don't you know e- even if even if a proud 70 year year long record in in the in the top flight goes i don't necessarily think you can pin that on them either what they're trying to do and you know this is the purpose of a multi club ownership model is the idea that you have synergies between the clubs so one of them is like a centralized scouting network where you pool all the data and knowledge that your scouts have another is a centralized data analytics um service again you know you don't want that duplicated at six seven different clubs because it's expensive and it'll have shortcomings the idea is you know you can combine the knowledge and bring those costs down the other idea behind uh multi-club ownership is that you know you can trade players between them and you can develop those players and it's Mm. really really hard for a young player at a premier league club to break through um and you know, you see it every season, Everson that loan out players to Fleetwood or Oldham or whatever. You know, instead of doing that, they might loan them out to Standard Liège or Paris FC. And equally, if one of those clubs has a superstar player coming through, you know, maybe when they're 18, 19, they're sold to Everton. The reality is that multi-club ownership hasn't actually ever worked like that. I mean, there's more than 200 clubs involved in multi-club models globally now and very very few players have sort of come through the ranks and actually actually one of the very very few players to do that is jack harrison who was um who was at man city and went to new york city and came back and although he didn't break through at man city he went to leeds united and you know that's an example of a of a player sort of coming through coming through the ranks but 
it's not it's not really happened. I mean, those those, those examples are few and far bit between. So, you know, to my mind, it, it's it's an unproven model. And you know, I interviewed seven seven sevens head of football, Don Dransfield, uh, last year, and put that to him, and and he said, well, you know, it does take time, but you know, he was at he was at Man City for ten years, and you know, would you say Man City's multi club ownership model has 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 benefited the club at the top of the pyramid city i don't think so mm -hmm. the, the other side of all this as well is one of the big questions for most fans would be what what is their interest in, in everton basically it was relatively simple to come and do that because farhad mashidi wants out um uh, farhad mashidi given uh, his, his financial restrictions which i think we spoke about a lot last time that won't be their only reason, I would imagine, given the fact that we've got a massive stadium there that looks uh, looks like it's going to be ready to be moved into. But nonetheless, there are financial concerns with that. Would, would that would they be looking at that to be a, a big part of why they're actually they're actually coming to invest in Everton? Well, I think Everton. I mean, we we talked about this when we spoke earlier this year. I think Everton is a brilliant buy, and that's 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 notwithstanding my uh, my my own support of the club and my family's support of the club. You know, if you look at it objectively, foreign owners, particularly American owners, are desperate to 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 to, to buy into European sport because the cost of doing so in their own country is so expensive. If you want to if you want to set up a major league soccer franchise, you're looking at the bones of a billion quid to do so because you have to pay I think it's 150 million, or it's maybe even 200 million dollars, just to um, just to get a license in the MLS, and you also have to have a commitment to own your own stadium as well. So you know, you build a new stadium, you're looking at six, seven hundred million. You're looking at 900 million just to get started. And when Bill Foley, who owns um, a Las Vegas sporting franchise, bought Bournemouth, you know, he actually said that. You know, he said, "I've got a bargain here." People were saying, "Why are you buying Bournemouth?" And he's like, well, it's 150 million. It's you know, less than a third, yeah. <laughs> less than less than a third of um, or a quarter of what I'd have to pay to 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 get going in the states. So you know, it's a it's a good buy. Everton's a massive club. It's got huge history, and it's got this new stadium. So they're buying it cheap, but on the verge. Or I, I expect they're buying it cheap because we don't know what they're paying, but on the verge of something that's going to boost the club's um financial financial profile massively so in terms of the enterprise value the actual value of the club that's going to go up an awful lot so you know so long as they keep their premier league status which is not guaranteed but that's going to go up an awful lot in terms of how they make their money i mean there's a lot of questions that need to be asked here mm. um one is you know they've just made a loan a bridging loan to everson and presumably they're confident they're going to take over the club. But at what rate are they making that loan? Um, you know, one of the reports about their airlines was, you know, an airline that they that they own, they're simultaneously loaning money to it at an 18% interest rate. You know, are they going to do that with Everton? And who's, who's ultimately going to pay the interest rate? It's going to be us, the supporters. Yeah, and then... I mean, what I was going to say to you before you mentioned that, then literally the last sentence you come out with was this: "This actually sounds a lot more positive than many people have presumed it's going to be." 
the the financial side of the clubs in, um, and what they essentially overtake when when machinery goes and they've they've got the football club. We we've heard a lot about that in in recent months and and weeks with MSP. I think rightly they they've put a hundred hundred million pound loan in already. Um, so that that's right. What I'm saying then, isn't it, James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They even they've invested something. Um, we're we're unable to go along with other companies who we've loaned money from because they don't have a guarantee back from the club itself that it could potentially still pay additional fees that it already owes. When when they come in, it's not just simply a a, a, a blank slate for Everton to be. Well, we aren't in trouble here. We aren't in trouble there. We need loans here. We need loans there. When when they come in, there, there'll be a lot of those things that still need to be sorted out. Yeah, Everton needs an injection of equity. They don't need more loans. They're loaned up up to the hilt. It's like it's like having a mortgage on a house that you can't afford, and then you take a personal loan out to pay for that mortgage, and then you use your bank overdraft, and then you use your credit card, mm. and it's you know it's going to catch up with you soon. So they need to have equity, and they need to put equity into the club for it to exist and survive as a business. Um, and they've not been clear on their intentions to do that. And the track record suggests that they haven't actually made equity investments in any of the other clubs that they've done. And I think there's very serious and legitimate concerns based on other other businesses that they've um, that they've taken over where, where where they've been late or haven't made um, capital repayments on time. Um, not least with the British Bas- Basketball League, which kicked off or is going to kick off six weeks late because contractors weren't paid. Um, so it's stuff like that that causes that causes uh, anxiety. And I, I think it's fully justified. They've 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 got an awful lot of answers that they need to give. It's interesting today we found out that um Sean Dyche has been talking to them and uh, well he just said over a cup of coffee I think is what he said on his uh, on his uh, press conference towards the weekend. You know, you mentioned the things like the other clubs that they own. Um, they can potentially talk about different players going from different places. You know, ones that we've grown up via our academy, which has been great over the years. They can send players off to there to prepare themselves to come back and play for us. And there are potentially players that we can go and buy um, or take from other clubs. You know, you said that that, that model is it's 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 more popular than many people have said more popular it's more common than many people have said you mentioned a few hundred clubs have done that sort of thing um in terms of how the financial difficulties and potential penalties um everton could be due um given to the financial issues we've had i mean i i kind of feel here james that it, it it's like if you have balance in one hand and the other it seems to be a lot. Although you said it's really cheap uh, compared to what uh, things are like that in in America, to the financial issues we've just spoken about, and could potentially have even more so with uh, issues and you know stuff that we'll get from independent um, independent groups looking at what's happening in the Premier League with Everton and other clubs. Um, would that not surely just way against why you would actually want to do this anyway, given the issues they've got with other things that they've got in, in, in 
stuff that they're invested in as well. That's, I think, something else that would add concerns to many Blues. That will, that why, what is the purpose of them coming in for us? Because there must be something more important than just getting Everton cheaper than they would get in a club in the United States or a franchise that they were to start in the United States. I don't, I don't really know. Is the answer? But that's what you know. That is, is media you I mean, saying that? That's what I think we sat here both thinking. That I mean, to concern any concerns anyway. I mean, I think the question is, it's going to cost a load of money to turn Everton around, build a stadium, and you know, bring in the players and so so on. And they're facing issues already, so why buy Everton? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. This is this is just this is this is totally me guessing. But you know, maybe they have a big investor in the back in, in the background. You know, in 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 the golf, or you know, they have. Obviously, have you know they're American based. You know, maybe they have connections um, elsewhere in the world. You know, maybe they have someone who said, "Right, okay, I will come in." You know, with big money, if you buy buy a Premier League club, because they are they are genuinely sought after, and they'll not only have a Premier League club, they'll have a Serie A club, they'll have a La Liga club, they'll have a a Bundesliga or, or a two Bundesliga club. Um, and they'll have a and they have a French club and a Brazilian club, you know. And if you're looking at at external investment, that suddenly becomes, you know, quite attractive, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's but that's just a that's just me hypothesizing. I don't <laughs> yeah. know the answer. Yeah. Um just before we finish, I wanted to go back with what you're talking about with the stadium. What issue is it at? Because again, you you've just been guessing something then um, speculating on what could potentially happen and why these guys maybe interested in the club with the stadium itself financially people are concerned um does it does it need a, a big flow of cash going back into it to complete it where does that stand at the moment james i don't know because Fab Mashiri's told us for years and years that the financing sorted and if it's not sorted he'll pay for it himself and that turns out to be absolute nonsense doesn't it so who actually knows what to believe Everton as a club say that it's fine. I've, I've not spoken to them this week. They said it was totally fine last week. Um, but, you know, it is going to be a big pull on reserves. Um, not that we have any reserves. It's, it's, it's going to be a big pull on capital. Sorry, that's what I meant. And, you know, if you look if you look back to when Arsenal moved into the Emirates 20 years ago, um, well, nearly 20 years ago, you know, that was when Ars- Arsene Wenger had those great teams and he was, you know, the Invincibles, and he was never able to quite build on them at a time when Roman Abramovich was making was making big waves at Chelsea. And the reason for that was because the money was being diverted into the stadium. So it does definitely have an impact on a football club. You know, it's a huge, it's a huge drain. And if you don't, if you haven't sorted that financing out, and you don't have access to your to your capital as Fahad Mashiri quite evidently didn't after the after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, then it's a problem. Finally with seven seven seven, let's say in you know in a week's time, whenever it is that they've signed over and Fahad Mashiri is gone, what what can we sit and expect when they are actually, we actually see something that they've done or there's something that they've um 
not done in effect really because most fans will be looking at well there's a January transfer window coming up naturally we need to sort this team out because we're still threatened by relegation when would be, when would there be something from them that we actually look at and see well they've done this they've done something Mashiri hadn't done they've done something with the board which I know that's another question that we couldn't we couldn't answer really uh, Bill Kenwright another one will be top of the list for many people when Everton fans aren't going to see something done by them that we can visualise in, in short term, really, could they? Um, I don't think it's a given that they're going to take over. I think there's a lot of hurdles, which we talked about at the start of the conversation, that needs yeah. to be overcome, regulatory, and in terms of showing that finance. I don't think it's a given that even if they are approved, it'll be done by the end of the year, so by the start of the next transfer window. Um, it that, might just that would, be sorry, fine. James. That that would leave until that happens. Machiri would still be the owner, or would he have gone as well? And all we have is a, a boardroom that currently is the situation now, but without uh, Machiri around. Well, I think he would stay on the board until until the moment that he actually signs over his shares. I mean, that would be the normal thing. Whether he's very interested or prepared to put <laughs> any more money in is is another matter. Listen, I've. Probably sounded like a complete prophet of doom for the last half an hour. I, th- I, th- I think <laughs> I think I'd say a couple of things in Seven Seven Seven's defence. I don't think they've ever hidden. I mean, I've I've covered them as a as a sports sports news reporter for more than two years, and they've always been you know pretty good in terms of putting their personnel forward to discuss things. You know, they've 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 generally being quite open when Josemar, the Norwegian sports investigative website, did a very, very good um, investigation into their overall business affairs. They answered my questions and, you know, we're, we're, we're quite happy to talk. Um, Don Dransfield, if you're, if you, who's, who's their chief executive of football, I think if you're going to look for somebody who's done this multi-club ownership, um, you know, I've talked about its weaknesses. He he'd be the one person you want to do it because he's he's got more experience than anybody else who's 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 tried this before through his experiences at Man City and now at seven seven seven. So I I I give those you know I give them credit for those for those things. Um, and maybe it won't all be bad. I don't know. But there's lots of um, Lots of questions that need answering now. And I think there's lots of uncertainty as to whether they can close this deal. And if they can't, there's lots of uncertainty about what happens next. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 